Praise the Lord tonight, church. Hallelujah. First Thessalonians chapter 1. I believe you've been enjoying this Bible study as we're making progress. And um, like I said to us earlier, when we study the Bible like this, we will of necessity go through several uh, theological teaching of the Christian faith. Um, but I will take it in a piecemeal, one after the other. But verse 1 that we have been taking, and I want us to take it gradually as we have been, and I want you to learn how to study the word and glean from the Lord, and glean and see the thinking of God. Hallelujah. Paul and Silvanus and Timotheus unto the church of the Thessalonians which is in God the Father and in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now in the King James Version, after the word Jesus Christ, they say colon. And I want you to read through the lines and make deductions. You know, the principle of biblical exegesis or humanities, or don't mind those words, I've been to you what they mean, but it's just good to use them because those words are actually coined for biblical um, explanations alone. And then it's also not, not wrong if you know them by heart. It helps you to understand what, what how, how, how the Bible is analyzed today in the world. Now, one of the principles of biblical exegesis, like I've told you and I want to say to you, is that you, you read the word of God or you observe the word and you, you interpret the word, make a meaning out of it by deduction from the word, not what you are, not what you're bringing, what the word is leading you to. And then you, you look for scriptures to back up what your interpretation of that word means. And then you apply what you've learned to your life. That means God's word is meant to bring a change in you. So the purpose of your studying any scripture. Now I believe after today you have been studying Proverbs for yourself. You have been studying Psalms or Ephesians or Colossians or Philippians or Romans or Corinthians. Whatever Bible the Lord leads you to study, you must know. And the ultimate aim of Bible studying is work to bring about a change and growth in your life. That's the ultimate desire of God for the church. Hallelujah. You know, Paul told Timothy, come with me tonight to 1 Timothy 4, um, 1 Timothy 4, and it's just not too far from where we are. I want to read two verses to you there, verses 15 and 16. Now, let me say this to us tonight. No believer can really grow in this age without deliberate and concerted and, 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 and conscious effort to behold the word for the purpose of being changed. Hallelujah. We are in the we are in, we are in one of the world's most dangerous times in history for the church. Today is among the dangerous times for the believer because the believer is being now, now believers in the last 40 years did not have it this rough. We are in a more 
dangerous times and 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 if you are a student of the bible you should not be be surprised and therefore don't let the events of the world of the age swallow up your confidence and your faith in god don't let things around dictate how you move how you work no let your anchor be in the word let your the foundation of your life emanate from the provisions of god's word you know, today we are bombarded with social media, with the phone, with everything you see is actually against the faith. In fact, sometimes now, the church is almost fighting against itself. Where God's word should be coming forth, it's not. It's dead coming forth, not lying. But you see, God's word will never lie against itself. If you can hold on to the truth of the scripture, then your life is guaranteed in these times. He says in 1 Timothy chapter, chapter, chapter 4, he says, he says from verse 1, he says, Therefore now, the Spirit speaketh what expressly. That means he's speaking, he's speaking very, very clearly that in the latter times, many shall what? Depart from the faith, giving heed to what seducing spirits. That means there's so much seduction today in the world. Seducing spirits and doctrine of devils. That means there are many doctrines of and these doctrines is not being preached by 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 certain outside. No, it's being preached from the church, from the pulpits. First Timothy chapter 4, I want to show you something there, verse 15 and 16. You see, Paul told Timothy about the Spirit, like I'm telling you tonight, and the purpose of your studying the Bible from today will be this. He says, meditate upon these things, what things, the things I've told you. Give thyself wholly to them, that their profiting may work may appear so you must learn to give yourself wholly to the things of god so as touching marriage you must learn to give yourself wholly to the things of god hallelujah as touching your your relationship with people your business whatever thing it is that god's word have a word for you must be ready to give yourself wholly to those things and then your profiting will appear to all 16. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine, continuing them, for in doing this thou shalt both save. That means your salvation is in you continuing in what doctrine? The doctrine of God. But notice it says, for there will be doctrines of what? Of devils. So how do you evade? How do you conquer those terms of devils? By you holding for the doctrines of God. And that's why we study the Bible. And see, when we do this kind of Bible study, we will eventually go through all the doctrines of the Bible. Now tonight, before I read and come back to this scripture, I want to try to broaden your horizon about the word. Because these are the days of the word of God. You see, in studying the Bible, there are 10 areas of theology. Now, what is even theology? It's a study of God and, and his word. That's theology. Um, don't mind the word theology, it's just, it's just a way of saying the study of God and his word. And then in, in, in that study, there, there, there are 10 major points that you will likely come across as, you, as we grow in the things of God. Now, there's something we call systemic theology or systematic theology and what we call historical theology. Now, I'll explain just briefly and then we can make progress. Now, Systematic theology actually is a discipline of the Christian theology that formulates an orderly, rational, and coherent 
account of the doctrines and the teachings of the Christian faith. Let me explain it again. Don't worry about those words. It is the, the discipline of the Christian thought or doctrine that formulates an orderly, rational, and coherent account of the doctrines or teachings of the Christian faith. Now, there are about 10 I want to mention tonight. Now, why I mention these things is because in the course of our exegizing on the Bible, you will come across these things. Amen. You see, there are some difficult passages in the Bible that you cannot avoid. You just see them. You know, when people just preach about emotions, preach about making it, about next level, there are things in the Bible they will never touch because they are hard things. And the Bible says it is those who, are, who by reason of his Bible says, it says, it says for, for those who are matured, have, have, have eaten bones and, and eaten hard things. And by that, they, are, they, are, they have their senses trained and exercised to discern good from evil. So one of the areas that we might likely come across as we study the Bible is called theology. And this is the study of God. So when you read the Bible like this, you study, you are trying to find out who God is. And God has not hidden himself from us, but he has done what? He has revealed himself to us by the world. For no one can truly serve God and worship him if he doesn't know who God is. And praise God, he has graciously in his majesty, in his sovereignty, revealed himself to us. Hallelujah. You know, one day they were asking him, he said, Moses said, Lord, they say, who said me? He said, tell them I am. So we know what the ways God says is, is that he, he is. Hallelujah. He's that I am. Hallelujah. Praise God tonight. You know, the other part that we might likely come across in studying the Bible like this is, 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 is bibliology. You know, that's the study of the Bible itself. The Bible can be studied. How is it written? When did it come by? How is it interpreted? Praise God. And three, we have what we call Christology. Now, this is a study of Christ. Who is Christ? Who was he in the Old Testament? Who is he in the New Testament? And who is he in the Millennial Kingdom? Christ, amen. We, so you'll find this in the Bible. Now, shortly you see these things unfolding. But I want it to be at the background of your heart. So when you start seeing them, you say, oh, this is this and that is that. You can put everything in their places and to make it whole to you. Make sense to you. It will strengthen your faith. The fourth thing I mentioned tonight is pneumatology and the study of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Fifth is angelology, the study of angels, demons, and 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 and, and Satan. Five, biblical anthropology. Now, this is a study of the nature of man, the fallen nature of man. All right. So you, because if you don't know how man is configured, you will think the man is good. No, no man of himself is good. Praise God. Today the world, some people say men are nice. They just make bad choices. No, men are not nice. There's no nice man. Praise God. For all have seen and fallen short of the glory of God. Hallelujah tonight. One of the things that Islam is very dangerous because Islam don't believe that man sinned. Hallelujah tonight. 
But we know that all men are born. Bible says in Isaiah 51, 7, it says, For in sin was I conceived, and in sin my mother conceived me. His amen is true. So everyone was born. So we need to study the nature of man. Man by nature is corrupt. Man by nature is debased. Man by nature can't help himself. But thanks be to God that God sent for his son in the likeness of human flesh. And in the flesh he condemned sin. Hallelujah. That we who were once dead to sin might live now unto righteousness. By whose stripes also we were healed and saved. Glory to God. Seven tonight is hamathiology. Is a study of sin. Eight, soteriology, the study of salvation. Nine, ecclesiology, the study of the church. And today we're going to stay there a little bit. Hallelujah. And then ten, man, and man, but not the least, is eschatology, the study of end times. Hallelujah tonight. But tonight I want us to, um, don't, don't worry if you don't get all those things, um, but just know them. But let me go to them one by one again. First one is theology. The study of God. Second, bibliology. The study of the Bible. Three, Christology. The study of Christ. Four, pneumatology. P-N-E-U. Pneumatology. Pneuma. P-N-E-U. Matology. The study of the Spirit, of the Holy Spirit. Five, Angelology, as an angel, but lology, just, just to get away, that's the term we use to study it. Six, biblical anthropology, the study of the nature of man. Seven, hamatiology, H-A-M-A-R-T-I-O, H-A-M-A-R-T-I-O, logy, hamatiology, the study of sin. H-A-M-A-R-T-I-O-L-O-G-Y. Then H, soteriology, soteria, study of salvation. And ecclesiology, like as an ecclesia, the study of the church. And then eschatology, the study of last things or the end times. Now, somehow in our Bible study, you're going to find all this embedded in the word. These are essential doctrines of the church that the church should be founded and based on. That our faith may not rest in man's wisdom, but rest in the power of God, which is the word of God. Hallelujah tonight. Praise God. And so tonight with this in heart, come with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. And we're going to read from verse 1. Anyway, we've been there. I just pray, Lord, that of speed. Now, it says, Paul and Silas and Timothy. Now, what, what exactly are they doing? They say they're writing unto, now notice that, the church. Now, I want to note the word there, the church. Now, when you read the Bible, like I said to you, every word is important. God doesn't use words carelessly. The church there is a is a is a is a is a, is a, um, uh, in, is a definite article. You know what that means? It means it's, there's something particular is pointing to. So God is saying there's a particular church in a particular location. He didn't say a church. No, the that means there's one church. So it's one church. Hallelujah. So when God says the church, it means there's one church. And I'm going to show you that by scriptures tonight. The church of the Thessalonians, which is in God. Now notice that the church is where? If it's in God, it means it was bothered by who? 
by God. That means the church is not man's. The church is whose? Is God's. Hallelujah. That means the church, you now the word church is, is the word in particular here that we're looking at. So, so they, they were writing to the church in where? Thessalonians, which is in God, the Father, praise God. That means the church is in God, the Father, and also in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now you see God, the Father, they're being mentioned. You see Christ, they're mentioned. So Christ, there is what? Christology. God, there is what? Theology. Church, there is what? Ecclesiology. You see those things? They keep appearing. So it must really stand in your mind that don't read it just like that. No. Read it with the foundation of the basic doctrines of Christ. Because in these last days, there are doctrines of devils and demons. Also, there are the doctrines of God that we can find and glean from scriptures. Now, you see these all doctrines in just one verse. So the church here is definite. And Ephesians to the 4 verse 4 says, let's call Ephesians 4 verse 4 as, as I made progress tonight. So when it says the church, that means there's something God is particular about a group of persons, a group of people. The church, the church, hallelujah. Now the church means it's, it's writing to a, a definite people. That he has called and set together. That's why we have the church at Oba. Praise God. So God can refer to all the church uh, with definiteness. Ephesians 4. Please read for me, man. Verses 4 through 6. If you can tonight, very quickly. Please read. There is one body. There is, God, there is one body. And one spirit. One spirit. Even as you are called. You are called. Hold on, you see, as we are reading to that church, God has also called us in the church at Oba. So God has called us. So it can be said of us, the church of God at where? At Oba. Praise God. You see that? Please go on, man. One Lord. One Lord. One faith. One baptism. One God, the Father. Hallelujah. So one God, the Father of all. Above all. Through all and you all. Wow, praise God. God is above all. Amen. Also, God is above all. Hallelujah. So our God is above all. Your God is above all. Nothing can overthrow him. Nothing can overpower him. Nothing, no, no, no demon, no, no devil. He can, in fact, it's an insult to mention God and devil. Please, let's let's try and stop that. You know, some people are afraid. Eh, eh. The devil, the devil, no, quit, quit talking about the devil. Relish in the blessings, relish in the glory, relish in the majesty and sovereignty of God. The devil becomes inconsequential. So the church is definite. And we see in Ephesians 4, that it says one body, one God, who is in you all, above all, through you, and walking out his counsel. Praise God. Hallelujah. So the church is not alone. The church has a father. Praise God. Amen. And God the father is the father of the church. Praise God. God is your father. I love that. It's sweet to me. It's encouraging to hear that. And it's building my faith that I'm not of my own. That God is the father of the church. And the church is in God and in Christ. And when it says in God, it means it's of God. That's why it says in 1 John 3, it says for you are, God, you are of God. You are born of him. You came out of God. And because you are of God, you have overcome the wicked one. Praise God. So don't bother about what the wicked one is doing. No, because you are born of God, you have overcome. To the church. 
And the church is the ecclesia of God. It means the call out ones. And today, let me say this quickly before you talk about the church, as a call out ones, you must be born in the church. You must be born into the body of Christ by the word of God and by the blood. Now, let me say this to that before I, 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 I go deeper. Paul and Silvanus and Timothy made, it's very clear that they're not writing a general epistle. It is not to the world, it's not to the unbelievers, it's not, it's not a thing that they're trying to pacify. These are not pacifists, they are, they are, they are, they are writing by the Holy Spirit to a specific group of persons. And, and maybe before I just go there, turn with me to Nigeria Ephesians chapter 3. You know, because the church is of, of God the Father and of the Son. And then you see, in this scripture alone, you can find the, the, the idea that both the Father and the Son are one. Hallelujah. He says the Son of God is both of the Father and of the Son. And both of them are the same substance, the same essence, but, 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 but different personalities. But Ephesians 3, verse 14, 15, no one says, please for me, man, if you can't deny for this cause, Paul says, by the Holy Spirit, I bow my knees on the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the whole family in heaven. I love that. Do you know that you are named after God? Oh, praise God tonight. There's a family of God in heaven and a family of God on earth. The family of God on earth is called the church. Hallelujah. So I say amen tonight. Say to me, I say, I am a member of the family of God on earth today. Therefore, God is my father. I'm a proceed of God. I'm a seed come from God. I'm birthed by the word of God that liveth and abided forever. Hallelujah. Therefore, I cannot be intimidated by anything upon the earth as long as God is my father. You know, there is nothing like my church or our church. You know, I have to say that a lot. I, I know you have heard that. I've heard pastors say, this is my church. No, it's a foolish man that will say so. Nobody has a church. Paul says here, he says the church of God is of God. It's a church that is of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. So when you hear men say, this is my church, just know that those, these men are ignorant men who know nothing. No man can call a church. Listen, the church at Oba is not my church. In fact, Matthew said, I will build my church. So when a man begins to say it's my church, that means you are equating yourself with God. And guess what? Your blood cannot save a rat. Your blood can't save a fly. If your blood can't save an ant, because 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 the blood of a sinful man is not worthy enough to atone for any other human being. But God, knowing that the blood of bulls and goats and Kepesha is not sufficient to wash him your clean, sent for his son, who knew no sin, and by the power of the Holy Spirit offered himself once and for all, and become 
become our eternal sacrifice. So nobody can say, this is my church. So when you hear minister says my church, it just says, it just means that they are ignorant of what they are saying. There is nothing like a man of God saying my church or our church. So stop saying our church. Now our church in the sense that maybe our local assembly, but not the church of Christ, not the body of Christ. Because the church is ecclesia, it means they call that ones, which is what means the body of Christ. So Paul is writing to a church, a called out people, and God also marks them out. Uh, this evening, this, this evening I, I, I want to follow me. Please read for me tonight. Acts 20 28. You know, Jesus said, I will build my church. Now, see what actually says. So, the, the church actually is of God. Acts 20 28. Take it therefore unto yourselves, to all the flock, Holy Ghost, yes, hold on to feed word. To feed word. So every time you know yourself as a church, let the next declaration is that you are the church of God. You are the son of God. You are a child of God. Come along, I want And the song is singing those days. Yes, it's correct. Scripture. But now you know how why is there? Shebi baba mi, are you sure? No, you know. Kimani, Kimanyo, Falala. I know I'm taking the upper key. Mungo tenon, hallelujah. Oh, my baba. That means I'm a child of God. Let me say, 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 say. I want to sing tonight. Praise God. We have God's children. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Do you know how your children are proud of their father? My, my, my daddy, my daddy, my daddy. Yeah. That's how we should be proud of God. It's because we don't know the power of God. We don't know the strength of God. That's why we are afraid of things. That's why we are afraid of, 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 of shadow. We are afraid of sickness. Of this. No, we're not afraid. Our father is able. Our God is sufficient. Our God is omnipotent. Our God is, is, is powerful. He's almighty. He's all sufficient. He's the one that makes all things. And all things bow to him. And all to him which are all flesh God. Hallelujah to so the church is not of its own. The church is of God. It says feed the church of God. So when any man says my church, that man is just ignorant. And in any case, no pastor actually is the pastor of a church. The real pastor is Jesus. First Peter 5. Turn there with everybody. You see, the greatest treasure of God is the church. <laughs> so when he was right to this church that's why Paul will write the church and then the next thing is that he will bless them praise God why won't he bless them praise God it's not him blessing them it's God through him do what blessing them that's why if you read that scripture the next line is that he's blessing he say peace and grace do what be why because we are the church of God tonight I said to you child of God no matter what you are going through tonight I say peace and grace and blessings be multiplied to you in the name of Jesus First Peter chapter 5, read for me verses 3 and 4. Neither has been lords over God's everything. Now that means the church is utterly God's kind. You know what means of heritage? What he will take for a what? A possession. So this church is special. That's why the next thing you find there is the blessings of God. So, yes, go on, Mark. But being examined. 
example of a flock. And when the chief shepherd shall appear. Now hold on now. There's a chief shepherd. There is no pastor actually is pastoring. Now tonight, do you know what I'm speaking? I'm speaking to you God's word. Actually, it's not me speaking. It's Christ speaking to you. Because I'm just an under-shepherd. So it would be foolish of me to say my church. Because actually, me too, I'm a member of the church myself. <laughs> Woo! We are all members of the body of Christ. Jesus is the chief shepherd. But for the purpose of, of, of teaching and building up on the comfort, he has set some in the church. So let not those he has set in the church think of themselves more highly than they ought. And don't love things as, 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 as Lord and masters, but lead them with example and foolishness because the chief shepherd is coming and is watching. So the church is the ecclesia of God. If you take Christ out of the church, the church is empty. The sole reference, the soul, the, the, the soul of the church, what makes church church is Christ. Take Christ out of the church, it becomes useless and empty. So church does not validate Christ. Rather, Christ validates the church. Let me say it again. Church, the assembly does not validate Christ. That means we don't use Christ as a means to an end. That means we don't come to church and just sprinkle Jesus or the word on what we have prepared. No, Christ validates the church. That means the essence and the life of the church actually is Christ, period. That's why it says to the church of God, which is in God the Father and also Jesus Christ our Lord. So Jesus validates the church. The church doesn't validate Christ. In other words, the church needs Jesus to survive. The church needs Jesus to survive. You know, someone said, I think it's just for He said, when you find a child crying, who is in need of food, of clothing, of shelter, of many things, what do you say? This child needs his mother. You have to put all those things he needs to who? The, once the mother comes on the scene, every, every child, every child is human. So if you say the church has a thousand needs, the church needs them, um, um, needs to be, um, needs grace, needs favor, needs power, needs blessing, oh, needs um, sanctification. All we are saying is that the church needs God. Bring God back to the seat of the church. The church's need will be what? Will be met. So Christ validates the church and the church needs Christ to survive. Colossians tonight, chapter 1. I'm going to show you just three scriptures. Or maybe two. Why am I going this route? No, like I've taught you, you must learn to use scripture to explain scriptures. So from, from our teaching thus far, one, we know that 
that, that the church is definite. So God is pointing to a particular group that he has redeemed, that he has saved by his blood and by the word and he has made them separate unto himself. That's the who he has called the church, praise God. So the church is not something you think it is. No, it's been defined by God. You know, today you have the church of Satan. They put church there. It's not everywhere you see church that you enter. They must meet the criteria of God. That's what Paul says. He says to the church where eternal. Now he defined for us how they became the church. Because they were being birthed by wood by God. So it's not every assembly you enter. You must find out how are they buffered. Are they talking about the God of heaven? Are they are they are they are, is, is, is it founded on Christ? Is Christ being the Lord is Christ validating the place or they are using Christ to make their ends meet. Colossians chapter 1 tonight. Let me let me simplify Colossians chapter 1. I'm just happy about that scripture. To the church of the Thessalonians, which is in God. That means this church is where? It's found in God. It's found in the Word. It's found in the Spirit. They are buffered by God. And, 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 and God is a head of the family both in heaven and where? On earth. So any church that represents God as their source, as their father actually, is not a church you identify with. With the Father and in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now I'm just happy about that. But let's turn tonight to Deuteronomy 32. Before I come to Colossians, Deuteronomy 32, I want us to read verse, mm, verse 8 and 9. Please read for me quickly, man, if you can. When the Most High divided to the nations, their inheritance. Yes. He set the bounds of the people. It's the bounds of the people. According to the number of the children of Israel. Yes. For the Lord's portion is his people. Now, hold on. See that. You know, sometimes you think, you see, when we say the Lord has, 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 has abandoned me, has forgotten me, no, he can't. The Lord does not abandon his own. He knows money. He knows my every thought. He sees each teeth that fall. And he will hear me when I call. He hears me when I call. You know, some years ago, maybe some months ago, I read a story of an American who was kidnapped in Niger and born in Nigeria. <laughs> you know, when anybody to Nigeria is kidnapped, we lose hope because we know that uh, you know, these days, if anyone is kidnapped, you don't need anymore. Which you know, they will warn you, please make sure you're not kidnapped because once you're kidnapped, uh, there's no oh, praise God. But American was kidnapped from Nigeria and they went to Nigeria to keep him for ransom. Thank God for God. You know, if, if 
an American government can come to Nigeria and take the kidnappers and kill the kidnappers and go without, without being noticed, the world only hurt when they don't rescue. God will leave you on your own. You know, God can never leave you with the devil to, to mess you up. No, it's not possible. You see, in the midst of what I'm going through, I want to assure you, God actually is with you there. He says, 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 when you go through the waters, I will be, he said, if you don't drown you. So, listen, there is nothing the devil can do to your life without God. It's not been given to him. Why? Because the Lord's portion is who? His church. That's why you must take, you must, you must, you must love the fact that you are a member of the body of Christ. Praise God tonight. I'm so glad. Uh, now, that's gladness. The Lord's portion is who? His people. Jacob is what? The Lord. The Lord. The Lord of who? God's inheritance. That means in the whole of creation, there is nothing God is willing to choose except the church. The church is his prized possession. The church is his choice possession. That was Paul meant by the church of God. The church which is in God and in the Lord. That's what he meant. The church is in God. The church is of God. The church is for God. And that's why he can never leave you. Say, I will never leave you, you know what? Not forsake you because I have, I have, I have forced you. I have purchased you with my life, with my blood. Wow. Someone's going to lift your hands and give God thanks. And I say, thank you, Father, for salvation. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Say, say, we say, say, Lord, I'm saying this now clearly. Thank you. Thank you. That's why, that's why I can't tell you give thanks perpetually. No wonder Paul says in everything, give thanks. He says, give thanks forevermore. Hallelujah. Give thanks. He says, give thanks to the Father always, for all things. Give thanks tonight. Hallelujah. For we are of God. We are born of Him. The church of Jesus is not left with the devil to toil with. No. He can't talk with me. Say, I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So this church was being written to by God the Father. Colossians 1 tonight. Colossians 1. Colossians 1. Verse 18. Please read for me tonight. And is the head of the body. Hold on now. Read from verse 17. Christ is before all things. Now notice, Christ and God are what? Are one. Say, I and my Father are one. Praise God. Yeah, hallelujah. No matter the onslaught of the devil in these last days, the church cannot be conquered. The church cannot be set aside. The church actually plays a part of the fact. It's because of the church of God that the world still exists today. Actually, it's because of you. That the world is still be given opportunity. And then someone will tell you that you have a problem. That person knows nothing. Someone will tell you that you have yeah, that you need deliverance. <laughs> no, no, actually, you are the deliverance of the world. <laughs> you are the one through which God is preserving the earth. Say, for you are sought 
and the world. You are like, we are, the, we are the preserving agents of this world today. Therefore, we are the blessed of God. Hallelujah. Please body for me, 17. And is before all things. Christ is before all things. Hold on. He's before the devil. He's before the world were formed. He knew the world before the world came into being. He knew you before you were born. So before you, you were born, I knew you. Do you know God knows where you are right now? He knows where you'll be in the next two years. God is playing your life out as a replay. It's to you that is the first time. And so I said, Pastor, I need a child. Do you need of God? It's not only one child, but we have children. He was telling Hannah, Hannah, you know the child. And Lord, I was crying. In fact, at the point, no, I'm not going to tell you, God, this one is enough. He was before how many things? All things. Go on, Mark. That's Christ. And by him, all things consist. By Christ, all things consist. Hold on. Please, somebody, when I say by Christ, all things consist. One more time, say by Christ, all things consist. Go on, read, read it down. And is the head of the body. It, now, now, this Christ, by whom all things consist, is what? The head of the body. Now, you can't find a body without a head. And you can't find a head without a body. So if the head is the one that consists of all things, therefore, the body also is part of the head. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Christ is the head of all things and is the head of the body. Now, what is or who is the body? Read down. And is the head of the body. The body? The church. Hold on. So the body is the church. So if Christ the head is 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 the God of all things, his body is the church. That means both the head and the body are what actually one. So if the head is the head, then the head can be the head outside the body. Therefore, if Christ is the head, we are also joined head. For we are joined heads with Christ Jesus. Praise God. We are co-heads with him. Hallelujah. When he died, we too died with him. When he rose, we also did what? Rose up with him victoriously in Christ Jesus. So the body of Christ, the church, the ecclesia, is God's Christ Joel. Hallelujah. Let nobody look down on you. Let nobody talk you down as the ecclesia of God, as the body of Christ. Please come with me to Ephesians 1. Because I close tonight. Our time is almost up. No, I didn't know that it was going to Ephesians 1, from verse 22 and 23. Quickly, to read for me. Ephesians 1. And God had put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church. Now, God gave Christ to be the head of all things to the church. That means Christ is the head of the church. Why would Christ be the head of the church if the church actually came from him? That's why it's an insult when they subject you to deliverance. 
and they torture you and they chain you rather just give them God's word God's word will break every yoke he says and, and John 8 from 30 to 32 he says and you shall know the truth and the truth shall what set you and make you free everything that holds you bound it is not it's not it's not it's not a subject to into harshness just administer the word the word of god sets men free the deliverance that the believer needs is not one seven days deliverance where one man will say i'm a deliver minister and lay hands on you and make, and put you to fast and put you in a room and lock you for seven days and, you know recently somebody died in lagos somewhere he shared a lot in here she died because she was trying to pray for husband and the pastor locked her in the room and for, for 10 days fast without food. She was taking all the milk and water. By the 10 days she died. It happened three days ago in Lagos. Someone just, just told like, oh my God, praise God. God gave Jesus to be the head over all things to the church. If Christ is the head of all things and the church is his body, therefore we are free. And Paul wrote amen to the church in Thessalonica, which is in God and in Christ. The church is not at the mercy of the devil. The church is victorious. The church is triumphant. Christ is victorious and Christ is triumphant. By that extension, he also has given us a mandate for freedom. Let nobody tell you any, any foolish thing that you are disadvantaged. Oh, come. Let's look at your life. There is nothing to look at in your life. Your life is a mirror of God. Your life is hid in Christ and Christ in God. For you are dead. Uh, and you live now in Christ. For you have been crowned with him. You have been. Praise God. You see, when you know that you are a member of the body. Oh. Yes. This is my reform for you. Our time is up tonight. How time flies. And I put all things on that on his feet and gave him to be the head over all things. How many things? All things, all things even the, to the church, church. Which is his body. His body. The fullness. The fullness of him. All in all. Praise God. I close it tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Paul and Silvanus and Timotheus unto the church. The body. Which is in God the Father. And in the Lord Jesus Christ. Please let's open tonight. Say, I am in God the Father, and I'm in the Lord Jesus Christ. Say, I'm the body of Christ. I'm the church of God. Christ is building me as his church. The gates of hell cannot see me, and neither prevail over me. For I am in God, I am of God. And I am in Christ. Christ is my head. Therefore I am his body. And as a man cherishes his own body. And takes care of it. So has Christ cherished me. And has taken care of me. My needs are met. My bills are paid. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. All things are aligned for me. Because I am a member of the body of Christ. Now thanks be unto God. Who always causes me to triumph. And through me. Diffuses the fragrance. Of his knowledge. Of his praise. And of his faith. In every place I go. Praise God tonight. Hallelujah. 
Glory to God. The church of God is triumphant. The church of God that on earth and heaven are named after God. So let no man talk less of you, of who you are in him. For ye are complete in him. Colossians 2.10 Who is the head of all principalities and powers and might and dominion. Don't be afraid. You know, there's this, there's this thing. I fear in church. People are careful not to say things out. And we say it's demons carry that one and that one spoil it. Which demons can carry? Don't go and catch anything. No man owns the church. The church is of God. So Paul says that this church in Thessalonians is of God. And the church was birthed by the word. So if the church of God is by the word, that means to be a member of that body of Christ, you must what? Be birthed by the word. You can join a local assembly, but you can't join the body of Christ. Let me say it again tonight. A man can join a church, but no man on his own accord can join the body of Christ. You are born into it by the blood. You are born into it by the cross. And parallel tonight, you are not born again. Let me tell you tonight, you are not a member of the body of Christ. And therefore, all the privileges and the rights of the saints can't be accrued to you. Why not consider Christ today? Repent. Turn a new leaf. Believe in the Lord Jesus, you and your household, and you shall be saved and be filled with the Holy Spirit of God. Paul and Silvanus and Timotheus. Unto the church of the Thessalonians, which is in and of God, the Father, and in the Lord Jesus Christ. What a Beautiful need to know that you are of God. You are in Him. You can sleep well. Don't be afraid of evil dreams. Ah, Pastor, they are following me. No. When you sleep, just tell yourself, I am of God and I am in God. And every demon will flee. The antidote to demonic oppression is the word of God. Once that word gets into your spirit, it liberates you. It brings into freedom. You don't need Sarah. You don't need Ebo. You don't need them Sadaka. You don't need anything to break free. And the only tool for freedom for the child of God is the word. Thank God for the word tonight. Give him praise for it. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the, for the word today. We bless your name. Help us, Lord, in the solid word. That we may grow thereby. Strong in you daily. Understanding you daily. Our faith getting strong in you daily and walking in your victory perpetually. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.